Kudvach. Kudvach. Always impressed with people that could call in Matzei Shabbos. That's always the hardest time, I think. I'd like to dedicate this class to Rosen Hanna in honor of her birthday of today. I would also like to dedicate it to my grandfather, whose yard site is tonight, Reuven Ben Ben Sion. That should be an aliyah for his neshama, and also to tap into all the koichas of Rebbe Tzinchana, give her mornachas on the day of her mazel, of the amazing simcha that must be happening, Lamaila. So today we're going to do yesterday's Tanya and today's Tanya. Just looking for it. Okay. So yesterday's Tanya, two days ago, Thursday we did the beginning of Yudalad. Yesterday we did a little additional piece. And today we did about half the parak. So what are we talking about in Yudalad? In Yudalad we're discussing Benoni, the average, regular, striving Benoni, who has complete discipline, complete Kabbalah's O, a high, intense desire to stay connected to Hashem, but who's constantly struggling. And because of his constant struggles, he needs these, not only the long-term plan, think about Hashem, contemplate his greatness, create love and create fear, and through the love and fear, always stay connected. But he also needs, on the spot, solutions to the challenges of his Nefesh Abahami and Yitzhahara. And that's what we discussed on Thursday, the three messages, not the long-term messages of creating a love, but the on the spot right now I'm being challenged. How do I overcome the challenge? I can't be bothered pushing myself to do the mitzvah. And look, Hashem, I want to stay connected. This is a connection. I feel I'm succumbing to the Avera. I don't want to be disconnected, and any Avera is going to disconnect me. We said these are the two strategies of the Yitzhahara. You don't really care, and it doesn't really hurt. And our response is, I do care, and it's very damaging. And the third message we said, that if even the lowest person will die for Hashem, I, 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 I want to live for Hashem. And I know if I do the Avera, or don't do the mitzvah, I'm not stepping up to the plate and living for Hashem. So that's how the Benoni stays committed and stays a Benoni, as he's challenged. Yesterday we said, but that doesn't mean that inside it's all the same, and it isn't. And that isn't. And that really depends on the degree you love Hashem, which would be the degree you hate or despise evil, and that level of really loving Hashem, and if really hating evil, is the domain of the tzaddik. The tzaddik lives in this world like, we would say, where they're feeling the Abishur's presence, where they feel such love of Hashem. So the tzaddik is already living on Eden in this world. But if you're not a tzaddik, you're not. Which, through which we can answer another question of chapter 1. Remember, we answered three questions from Chapter 1 and Chapter 13, last Eric, and now we're answering another one, which is Eov had this conversation with Hashem, 
in which he said, Hashem, you create Tzadikim, you create Rishon. And the Gemara said on this, what? I thought the only thing we choose is our fear of Hashem. How could Eov say, and Hashem didn't say no, so obviously what Eov said was correct, he had a conversation with Hashem himself. So what did Eov mean, and how is this correct, that Hashem creates Tzadikim and creates Rishayim? Well, the answer to creating Rishayim we're going to get in chapter 28. It's the last answer we received from Parakalaf. But here we're receiving the answer to chapter 1, which is, that's the reality. At least when the author ever wrote the Tanya, the reality was that a regular neshama was not created with the ability to be a tzaddik. Every single Jew comes into this world with the ability to be a vainerny, which we now understand how high it is. And Hashem selected certain neshamas and he gave them different abilities, and those neshamas truly were created with the tzaddik ability. Not that necessarily they're born tzaddikim. They might have to go through a very long path to reach that level. But in their neshama, in mobility, a depth of loving Hashem, and therefore a depth of hating evil, that a regular neshama doesn't have. That was true until the spring of 1991. In Tavshin Nunalev, in 1991, Shabbos Parshas Emar, the Rebbe said, now this has changed. And because Mashiach, spirituality, is so in our world, our own spiritual abilities have changed, changed, and every single Jew truly has the ability, the Rebbe says in his edited talk, to be a tzaddik gomor b'lashon hatanya. So when the Altenaver wrote this, and Kabbalah when Eov said it, it was the ability of a very, very small few select, and we learned we learned the chapter of the Tanya. How very few Jews have the ability to be an incomplete tzaddik, let alone a complete tzaddik. For the incomplete tzaddik, we said 18,000. And for the complete, we said 1,000. And we don't know if that's in every generation. Seemingly not. Seemingly that's neshamas of all time. And yet since 1991, every single one of us has that ability to access that love of Hashem, to access that fear of Hashem, and in a separate mimer, which I think I've mentioned before, the Rebbe says that every one of us actually, at some point in our lives, do access the ability. It might be for a few minutes. But every one of us, at some point, reach the level of serving Hashem like a tzaddik, even for a small space of time. Today's Tanya concludes the chapter, not a question that the Alter Rebbe officially raises, as were the other three from last chapter and the one from this chapter, but a question that's obvious when you learn it, because we are told in chapter one that before we were born, every single one of us made a promise to Hashem to be a tzaddik and not to be a Russia. And even if the entire world says you are a tzaddik, you have to view yourself as a Russia. And then the Alter Rebbe raised three questions on that last third, that last part of the oath, even if the entire world, but the Rebbe doesn't comment on the first two sections, where there's another obvious question. And the obvious question there is, why are we being repetitive? If I'm promising to be a tzaddik, doesn't my definition mean I'm promising not to be a Russia? Be a tzaddik, don't be a Russia. I mean, why do I have both ends of that promise? The Rebbe didn't write the question in chapter one, but it's an obvious question if you look at the oath. And here the Rebbe is responding to that question. 
which we can only answer once we understand what the author has explained to us, that not everyone, at least in our dear world Italians, traditionally, until we get into our messianic era, not everyone has the ability to be a tzaddik. So since not everyone has the ability to be a tzaddik, but at the same time, every single one of us made a promise before we were born to be a tzaddik. So how do we reconcile that? So therefore, since we don't all have the ability to be a tzaddik, we are promising to be a tzaddik, which we might not achieve because we don't have the ability, and therefore we have to say, well, at least if I won't be a tzaddik because I don't have the ability, I promise I won't be Russia. But why do we make a promise that we can't possibly fulfill, which in traditional times, Kelsar was clearly saying you couldn't fulfill. You could promise to be a bayonet, but we're promising to be a tzaddik. So how are we promising to be the tzaddik? So the Rebbe says the promise to be a tzaddik when you don't have those abilities is a very strong mandate to constantly strive. I promise something higher than my ability, so my whole life I have to be pushing higher and higher and higher because I want to fulfill the promise I made. And I'll never reach it. So my whole life I'm pushing. So I promise to be a tzaddik, which means I am promising to never lose focus and constantly go higher and higher. And I'm promising not to be a Russia because if I'm not being a tzaddik, at least for sure, I know I'll fulfill that case and I won't be a Russia. Can you still hear me? Someone can unmute themselves and let me know. Star six to unmute yourself. Is someone still hearing me? Yes, we can hear you. I, I okay, can. good. Whenever I get a call that I reject, I always have that little fear. All right. Now, continuing. So, on one hand, we said we make two paths of the promise, because you can't really be a tzaddik, so at least don't be a Russia. So then why am I making a promise I can't fulfill? Well, it will keep you striving your whole life. That's an answer, but it's not a good enough answer. Because I'm making a promise that Hashem knows I can't fulfill. I mean, you could have said me promise my whole life to keep pushing. I made a promise to be a tzaddik. That means Hashem, who didn't give me the ability to be a tzaddik, wants me to try not just to be my best. He wants me to try to be a tzaddik. So I need to try. So how do I try to be a tzaddik when I can't? So the Bible delineates here, there's basically two differences between the tzaddik, I mean generic differences, I want to be very broad, between a tzaddik and between this benoni. One difference is his relationship to evil, and one difference is his relationship to godliness. In terms of evil, the tzaddik is disgusted by evil. The benoni is attracted to evil. He just doesn't do it. And in terms of love of Hashem, we're saying there's a tremendous depth of difference between how much a regular person, a.k.a. Benoni, can love Hashem and the intensity of love Tzaddik feels. So therefore, since you made a promise to be a Tzaddik, you have to work on both of those levels. In terms of your relationship to evil, you have to train yourself to be disgusted by evil. That might sound like a sort of weird or, or completely irrelevant avoida. I actually think it's very practical. I would use it personally or recommend someone else to use it, specifically in terms of a taiva or an issue that you're finding it hard to overcome. And the Rebbe is saying, train yourself. Think about the issue in terms of disgust, association, connected to something really, really horrible. Maybe, let's say, for example, if you're struggling with ego. If you ever encounter someone with a really ugly ego that's just dripping all over the place, and it's like, ugh! so disgusting. Well, train yourself to keep thinking of your issues and that point of disgust. So you make that association and you're not going to start because it's disgusting. Train yourself to be disgusted by evil. 
That's how the Benoni, who is not naturally a tzaddik, can truly imitate the tzaddik. The other piece of training is to train yourself to love Hashem like a tzaddik does. Now this is non-attainable, because the Benoni doesn't have that ability to love. But he's trying, because you've got to do your part. So the Benoni is striving to be disgusted by evil, which is attainable through practice and useful when you're struggling with evil, and giving specific times to love Hashem as if he was a tzaddik loving Hashem, which he's not really doing, but he's trying. And through this, he's fulfilling the Shavua. I made a promise to be a tzaddik, and Abishra, I'm trying. I'm doing my end. I'm trying. I'm doing what the tzaddik does in terms of hatred of evil. By him it's natural, and by me it's acquired. And I'm giving times to love Hashem as if I was a tzaddik loving Hashem. The hatred of evil will become natural because the rabbi quotes a principle that he uses several times in Tanya, also a very practical principle, Keva Sheni, that if you, if you habituate yourself to something long enough, it becomes your nature. We are not limited to the natures we are born with. If you are not patient, keep acting patient and acting patient and acting patient, and patience actually comes. If you're not warm, the same thing, in any trait, you can create a new nature. So here, if you don't naturally feel disgusted by evil, you can train yourself until you truly become disgusted by evil. That part you acquire. The love of Hashem, you can't. But there's another option here. And the other option is that because you're trying so, so hard to be this tzaddik, milmaila from above, that can be compassion on your neshama, and at tzaddik lemaila, tzaddik in Gan Eden, the emotional aspect of soul, which is the level of ruach, nefesh is action, Nisham is intellect. Ruach is emotion. So the ruach of a tzaddik in Gan Eden will come, could, not necessarily will, but definitely could come down to this striving, striving, sincere Benoni and join with his soul. So now his neshama does have the ability to love Hashem like a tzaddik, and he truly does serve Hashem like a tzaddik. And that is the most ultimate fulfillment of the shvua. Because I put out a lot of things quickly, I'm just going to review for those of us that like to try to retain this. Our question was, why the double expression? Our first answer was, because you can't really be a tzaddik, so at least you're promising not to be a Russia. Our second answer was, because you're promising to be a tzaddik, you have a lifelong mandate to strive to be the best you can. Our third answer was, because you made this promise, do the tzaddik avoid us in terms of hating evil and loving Hashem? Our fourth answer, our fourth level in that was the avoid of hating evil. I can train myself until it becomes natural. The avoid of loving Hashem I will never attain because you need to be a tzaddik to love Hashem that way. But if you're really trying, the ruach, that level soul of a tzaddik could join with your soul and you will truly have psychic abilities. And I'm saying on a practical level, we already all have psychic abilities. We're, we're post and more of 1991. But on a practical level, strive as much as we can. On a practical level, train yourself to be disgusted by those things that tempt you. On a practical level, know you're not limited to your nature, and you can always recreate your nature. Very, very liberating, amazing avoda of Hergal Nasa Tevasheni. Habit creates new natures.
Any questions? Please unmute yourself. Star six. Okay. Have a good luck. Sorry I went over time. <laughs>